me get a little bit of this popsicle to get my throat going. <laughs> I'll leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for hitting that play button. Welcome back to Unlearning, a podcast. <laughs> I knew you were going to um, Thanks for tasting that popsicle. <laughs> Welcome back to Unlearning, a podcast dedicated to all things you had to unlearn in order to become the better person you desire to be. Today's episode is about ageism. Let's unlearn that. And today we have a special guest. She's a comedian, writer, actor, and alien. Alien hasn't been scientifically proven, but since we grew up watching Bill Nye the Science Guy, I feel like I have a degree. Um, so let's welcome Yasmin Ramos. <laughs> welcome. I come in peace. <laughs> 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 yes, thank uh, you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Real quick side note, did I ever tell you that I met Bill Nye the Science Guy? No. What? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I was lucky enough, my friend works for the TV Academy, and so I was able to go to one of the Creative Arts Emmys, because they do like the primetime ones that are on television, and then they also give out other awards at like a very fancy ceremony that's like, I think they broadcast it online or something, but it's not like a major telecast, and I got to go. And there's a big party after called the Governor's Ball, and I we're there, and we were uh, very drunk, and we go up, we see Bill Nye, and he is drunker than us. I mean, he is glazed over, and uh, and my buddy, my buddy Dave just walks up and he sees him, and he I think he's trying to say like hi, hello, Bill Nye, but it just comes out as Bill Nye, the science guy, oh my God. and I uncontrollably just start going Bill, Bill, Bill. Uh, and you know what, Bill Nye, he he did a couple fist bumps along with oh, me. So he it was liked great. It. it worked. It worked. It was fine. I don't know if he liked it, but he play he placated it enough that we felt great about it. And again, we were all three of us were very drunk. <laughs> I just love that he was the most drunk. <laughs> yes, he was. He definitely was. <laughs> he definitely was. The bow tie was askew. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, just, I hear Bill Nye and I have to tell that story. But welcome to our guest. Thank you. Yasmin, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Uh, this is our first segment on Learn That. It's where we talk about a time we had to unlearn something about ageism. Um, I feel like that's a huge thing, especially in the arts, which is what we're all involved in. Um, so is there a time that either of you have had to unlearn something about ageism? or? I think for me... Uh, I was teaching at one of the comedy institutions and, um, you know, with beginner level improv or acting classes, you get a, an array of different, like, age groups, of backgrounds, um, and one of the best things about it is the diversity in sort of age and background, and I think uh, I would notice that people that were of a certain age would kind of clam up more so than others. and But at the same time, they were some of the best and the brightest because they have lived such a great life and brought all of this experience to improv, which makes them an Im immediately a better improviser mm -hmm. um, because they can tap into like, you know, those true uh, real experiences and they know those emotions through those experiences. Um, and so... Uh, I found that I had to just kind of be encouraging 
to every like no matter what age I had to be like encouraging especially to uh, I in my mind at that time I was like I have to be encouraging to the the older group in my class because they were holding back mm -hmm. but it, it's like how do I without be sounding ageist how do I how did how I was trying to figure out how to navigate like okay I don't want to call them out too much because I don't want them to feel like I'm picking on them um, even though they're so brilliant and so great and they're just feeling uncomfortable because they're among like 21 year olds and you know 19 year olds who are doing improv and making these um, current references uh, so I think that was like the first time that or not the first time but uh, a, a time that I can remember where I'm like I had to really force myself to be like how can I make everybody work together without making anyone feel singled out and I think older people sometimes feel singled out mm -hmm. and they kind of like come into that knowing that people are probably thinking about that so that's why they clam up mm -hmm. um, does that make sense? <laughs> that makes sense yeah. I think it's hard because um, I think they well, I think they actually need it because I've even heard people who will be like, everyone in the class was in their 20s and I'm in my late 30s and I just felt like I didn't mesh well with the group or I didn't know how to communicate with them. So I think that they do need a teacher who's like encouraging to be, bringing in your own experience because you will help this piece grow into whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, yeah, I remember the very first improv class I took was also at a Chicago institution. Um, and I was actually on vacation. I, so I went to uh, college in Boston, but I took a full week um, during like one summer to go take a, like a Chicago intensive because I really wanted to, you know, get into that improv community. And the very first class I took, it was mostly young people, but it was... There were a few, it was a, a range of ages, but skewer, skewing younger, I would say. And I was like, as a 20-year-old or 21-year-old at the time, I was like kind of taken aback. Like I thought, oh, this was something for people in their early 20s, mm -hmm. um, which is ridiculous. And the more classes I took, the more people you see um, of all different walks of life, be it age or you know, race, gender, where, you know, coming from different parts of the world. Um, to me, the coolest thing was like when you meet someone who's like from Australia, mm -hmm. that to me is like, oh, wow, how did you get here? Like, you know, so um, that's one of the best things about improv is that anyone from any walk of life can do it. Mm -hmm. But I definitely the first time sitting into one of those classes, I think in part because I was still in college, I was thinking of this as like a college summer class that I was taking mm -hmm. and uh, and there was this uh, one woman that there was a couple of people in different age groups but I'd say the, the oldest woman was probably in her 60s um, and uh, but she was great and like the teacher at one point I feel like at some point like acknowledged you know like okay like people of different ages might have different reference uh, humor if you're going to reference something or whatever but use it to your advantage it's not there's certainly no disadvantage in being a different age. And, and if anything, if you have a unique perspective, that's an advantage. If your unique perspective comes from anything, um, including age, that's a that's an advantage for you as an improviser. Mm -hmm. I think it's super interesting that um, we, 
my first thought is to be like, I'm too old to do such and such thing. Like why, where that even stems from of limiting yourself based off your age on doing any type of activity, whether it's like going back to school or like doing improv or just people pursuing things that they desire. I don't know why it's such a thing that we limit ourselves and we're like, well, you're 40 now, so you can't do that anymore. Yeah, I think it comes from like uh, society's obsession with youth and eternal youth, and like if if you're not living in your youth, then you don't really like matter. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Um, it feel it feels a lot like uh, for as lo- forever. Like we just wanna, you know, that we have these serums, we have these like skincare routines, we have this to like keep us young um, because of the fear of getting older and then not only that but then we internalize that and so when we get of a certain age we're like well I can't do that that's for young people and it's like if you want to if you physically can you should like there is no age like even in that class I had somebody who was like I've always wanted to take an acting class um, and I finally feel at the point in my life where maybe I should just go for it Mm -hmm. you know and they were an incredible actor and I'm like that's like it doesn't matter like I'm not gonna cast a 19 year old in a 72 year old role you know like I would never do that yeah um and so I'm just like we need all people from all different walks of life and and I think it is limiting because of our obsession with youth in general um in this culture well that's so crazy because it's like you're going to get older time will pass no matter what so it's just so crazy that it's like you can't have wrinkles. You can't have varicose veins. You can't be older. Yeah, it's like, you are going to get older. Right. I just think it's such a huge thing as a society to unlearn. Yeah. I, th- I think, and tell me if, if you guys don't agree with this, but I feel like in some ways because everyone knows that they get older and everyone will age, it's almost more socially acceptable to like be ageist sometimes Mm -hmm. because like it it would not be cool for me i'm not saying it's cool to be (laughs) no it's cool as fuck to be ageist let me let me let me be very careful how i phrase this but like it, it would be really bad for me to be sexist because i'm never gonna have the experiences of being a woman whereas because one day i'll be older it's like somehow socially more acceptable to be ageist sometimes. Does that make any sense what yeah, I'm saying? it's like a universal thing that we all experience so we can all make fun of it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean? Yeah, kind of, yes. Which I think it's okay to make fun of yourself, but I don't. But sometimes I think that the, the butt of the joke ends up being people who are older than you, right. which is not quite as okay as making fun of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... There's so many milestone uh, birthdays, right? So, like, 21. And then as soon as you hit 30, you're like, oh, it's all down here, downhill for me from here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know why it is acceptable. Even on, like, greeting cards. Like, you would never <laughs> – maybe there would be in, like, a Spencer's gift shop greeting card that would be, like, women are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But like I wrote a few, for sure. <laughs> but you know, there's like a, a bunch of you're over the hill or like 
uh, here's a picture of a lady with like really saggy, saggy boobs. Yeah. <laughs> like at World Market. Oops, sorry to put them on blast. But, uh, <laughs> but they're, you know, it's just any greeting. It's not them, you know, it's just like the greeting card uh, uh, industry. Yeah, World Market is a sponsor, so I'm going to have to ask you to take that back. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys lost your sponsor. <laughs> I just got a text. We lost all our sponsors. Um, <laughs> you got a text there listening to us recording. <laughs> I sent them the Google link. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I think it is so interesting how it's so normalized behavior to like just continuously um, be ageist in every aspect. Yeah, and it makes me feel really feel really bad that I participate in it too. And like. Um, and now that I'm getting older, I want to quickly unlearn it so no one's mean to me when I'm older. <laughs> Ageism was cool when I was young, but now that I'm getting older, it's not as cool to me anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I mean, like, I feel like I'm like learning as I get older, and I'm like, oh, all these things I normalized mm-hmm. was so messed up. Um, so how can I like help people unlearn that before? they get to this point and be like, man, I wish I would have unlearned that earlier. I mean, step one is uh, self-reflection and like mm-hmm. find out what you associate with the term older or I don't know what other mm-hmm. terms. <laughs> um, yeah, and see like why do I believe? Like you have to find the root of it, right? So you have to figure out why do I associate bad knees with older people I mm-hmm. had a bad knee when I was 15 <laughs> like, I don't, bad knees can affect anyone so yeah. uh, why is it that I only think of that or gray hair like mm-hmm. my friend's uh, stepdad has like a head full of jet black natural, naturally jet black hair like great for him <laughs> like, yeah there are yeah there are definitely notions that we have that um are are not true and i think i think the reason we're we accept ageism a little bit more than we should is because there are there are limits to what someone can do at a certain age um like there's never been a 60 year old like nba player um there was i mean there have been major league baseball players who played into their 50s um but it's rare um and everyone makes a big deal about now about tom brady playing football into his 40s um because there are there are physical limitations on the body after certain ages or whatever but there are for the most part there's not a lot of mental limitations i mean certainly people um you know people can get it, it does happen that, that, that people, some people get Alzheimer's, some people mm-hmm. aren't as sharp maybe later in life. But there's other people who, who stay very sharp and, and frankly because they've been around and they've learned more. Like some of the smartest people are in fact older people. Mm-hmm. So, there, but there are, there are limitations that somewhat in people's, what people can physically accomplish. Um, but but that it isn't always true across the board. And also we, we need to like maybe focus less on what people can physically accomplish anyway and maybe as a society appreciate 
people's mental capacity more than their physical capacity in the first place. Yeah, so it feels like people clumps those two together. Yeah. The mental capacity with the physical capacity. That's super interesting. But yeah, we are as a society so focused on youth. And again, like I think that our obsession with sports and athletes and actors and, you know, it just fills, you know, fuels into this obsession with youth and age yeah. mm-hmm. and even this this kind of like takes it a little different turn but it makes me think about even with starting a family like being in my mid-30s and people being like well if you don't have kids today you won't be able to have kids at all when it's like you can adopt and there's other ways to have kids right yeah so i think it's interesting how like ageism is put on women for having a family yeah oh yeah Absolutely. And there's there's a lot less, I'll tell you right now, there's a lot less pressure on men when it comes to uh, <laughs> the age of like, oh, you got to start having kids. That's so true because yeah. when you're 35, I think you have what is considered a geriatric womb, mm-hmm. but you never hear anyone say, I have geriatric balls. Like, you know, I'm like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've seen a pair of balls. They all look geriatric. <laughs> They, they start wrinkling when you're like, when you're a kid. I mean, these. Because it is easier for women to have kids when they're younger, and I get that, but it's just very weird how even like in like the medical field, how it's like after you're 40, they're like, you might as well curl up and die at this point. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you're well, done now. I mean, not to be to play the other side but that's just uh, science right Mm -hmm. it's like you have a higher risk of a complicated pregnancy if you are of a certain age Mm -hmm. so where is the line of this is like like you're talking about earlier matt this is a physical limitation versus like i'm being ageist Mm -hmm. or like or like this is like a scientifical Reasoning versus I'm being ageist, and that's hard. I think I've... we com- oh, so I was just gonna say I think we conflate ability and age too much, and what we're really talking about is ability, not age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so assigning those definitions of what it is, right? So like to... your ability to procreate, you know, obviously you can still adopt, but your ability to procreate uh, does change as you get older, and your ability to like you know if you want to. You know, if you have a job that involves like heavy lifting, your ability to lift may in fact change with age, but we're not specifically actually talking about your age because those two things, while they can be correlated, are not the same thing. Age and ability are not the same thing. Yeah. It feels like it's just a bunch of clumping things together, which has (laughs) caused so much um, drama and not leaving any room for, for growth for people. Um. yeah that's just so crazy how like if we were able to have nuanced conversations about all of these topics even if it's like race and religion and age um, we'd be able to move so much further in life I feel like society was not having nuanced conversations before and then Twitter really didn't help <laughs> the, the cause Twitter is the only you know? time I have nuanced conversations. Yeah. Oh, really? 
with myself. I only follow myself. I see. Yeah. And it's mostly conversations about Grey's Anatomy, if I'm correct, <laughs> based on following your whatever account. I got to go like, right into detail with all those kids. They're really new. They are nuanced takes. I will give you that. So that's. Speaking of Grey's Anatomy, did you find in your rewatching of the series any ageist things happening? Ooh. Yeah, there's. Sorry to spoil this for any of the listeners that is. Early they've had on. they've had fifty years to watch this show, <laughs> but there is like, like there's this older guy who's the head of the hospital named Richard who, um, at some point they try and like remove him from his position because of his age, even though um, he had hip replacement. So there's something in his blood screen blood um, stream that caused him to like be forgetful. So as soon as they did the uh, operation he was like back in his own like mind but like they tried to kick him out because they're like he's getting older now so we need somebody young in the position when it was like he could very well do his job it's just that there was something in his body that was limiting his thought process but they right. talk so a lot his, about those stories yeah like we said like there was something affecting his ableism yeah. and then once he was able to do the job again who gives a crap how old he is mm-hmm. but but society is the answer to that question of who gives a crap are there societies that hold people of a certain age like on a higher yeah I feel like there is but I feel I haven't done research on like other cultures but I think that there are like a lot of cultures that do that aren't in the like shown through Hollywood shown on TV or like talked about right I would say the the cultures that tend to be the major influencers of other cultures uh us and like western europe seem to be a large part of like the media landscape i feel like we're not as Mm -hmm. respectful of elders as some other countries that don't yes uh, that don't have the same kind of media landscape that we do Mm -hmm. i was actually in an uber recently and my driver was from nigeria and he was telling me about how disrespectful we are in America. Mm. And he was like, if you are on a bus in Nigeria, you are getting up and letting an elder sit down in your place. Like how they say on the CTA announcements, right? Um, And he was like, if you don't get up, you're getting swatted. Yeah. (laughs) um, They're hitting you and they're like, get up. Yeah, but there's very much like, you have to respect your elders, like, otherwise you are not a good person. Mm. And here I feel like I see so many times where people are being disrespected and, like, even, like, at self-checkout when people are um, getting antsy because there's an older person using it or the older person is, like, getting flustered because people are treating them weird because they should know technology, you know? Mm. It's like, again, like you were saying, it's not age it's just like capability and ability to to use right. technology or to use whatever mm-hmm. and again not necessarily age related i have a lot of trouble with the self-checkout all the time yeah mm-hmm. so then i just put it in my bag and go okay i wouldn't suggest that though that's not <laughs> that's not what we were getting at i just got another text from a sponsor <laughs> <laughs> This the, the the episode where we get canceled. Is that what's that's what's happening? It is so it's 
hard to talk about, though, because, mm. yeah, I mean, we're fairly young. You and looked at me when you said that. You looked at me in a way when you were like, you're going to say young, and then you studied a little bit. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and we're talking about these things, you know? And so it's just like, what perspective can we really bring other than being the doer of ageism? But people, we're at that age where people are doing it to us. What? Yeah. Or people will be like, you tell someone how old you are and they're like, no, I can't believe that. Oh, yeah, that's Or they're true. like, submit to this, but we're looking for someone to do, uh, submit for this commercial or submit for this voiceover. And then like, I've been told like, your voice sounds a little bit too old for this role. When I'm like, this is for ketchup. Everyone uses ketchup. Everyone uses ketchup. You want some young sprung chicken? Yeah. So I just think it's wild that like fence of this. Not even like all the right. fence, but like. Prom. Yeah, acting can be tough because there is like a certain believability that you want for a character. Right. So like, mm-hmm. I get it that uh, I probably am not going to get cast in a high school show anytime soon. Although, they 90s. regularly cast 30-year-olds as high schoolers yeah. anyway. So I guess 90s. they don't really care about believability. <laughs> but, you know, you if, if, if someone is playing a character that is in their 70s, you're generally going to cast someone in their 60s, 70s, or 80s. Mm-hmm. If someone's playing a character that the character is in their 30s, you're going to want to cast someone who's in their 20s, 30s, 40s. So there is like a, a certain level of believability but yeah, like in a commercial for ketchup, like why why does it have to be? Well, you were you were too old, so what, they were expecting a twenty year old had to be the voice of ketchup. Because <laughs> they can tell just by closing their eyes how old this product is. Right, it's a voiceover too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, voiceover I especially is weird. I prefer a tomato does the voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> if I would rather a tomato sell ketchup to me because a tomato is really <laughs> sacrificing. Well, if it's a voiceover, why can't it be your voice on a tomato? Why can't you be the talking tomato? You just blew my mind. <laughs> Did you not know how cartoons worked? You I thought the it. tomato was actually talking? You didn't realize that that was an actor? Yeah, that's why whenever I go to a farm, I'm like, why aren't these tomatoes having conversations? <laughs> what, is, what is happening here? How often do you go to a farm? <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> oh, Tuesday, time to go to the farm. Like, it's... It makes me um, think about for ages of uh, how I limit myself, especially when it comes to to writing. There was a long time where I was like, you're not smart enough or old enough to write. And then seeing like some opportunities and be like, you're too young for this. So it's so interesting, the beliefs that I put on myself where I'm like, I can't do this because of my age, no matter what my age Mm -hmm. is. And it's like, yes, you can. It doesn't, none of this stuff really matters. I want to say, because you, Yasmin, you acknowledge that we are, all three of us are relatively young, uh, I guess, on whatever scale, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I spoke to a few people who are older than me to see if they would be interested in this podcast. And I, I, I feel, if got the feeling that, while people were willing to come on this podcast to talk about all different kinds of things, like uh, really sensitive subjects like race and religion, people were more hesitant to talk about ageism. Like people didn't want to necessarily either 
self-identify as aging or just talk about ageism, it was, I, I found that interesting that it was harder to get a guest for ageism who is older, for lack of a better term. Mm. I don't even know how to phrase that. I'm going to give myself a one at the end of this on how far I am on ageism, by the way. I, I have a lot to left to learn. I, I don't even know what do I'm saying. Not wanting to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime age is brought up in general, like I said, people get flustered. If you're, in my experience, I have seen people get flustered when we talk about it. Um, yeah. And then it just feels like you're making fun of them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it feels like, like they're the butt of the joke. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. So it's hard not to, like I was saying earlier, what's the line? Because it's, like you were saying, we make fun of it all the time, right? We make, it's, everyone is just like throwing around ageist jokes and nobody's getting canceled for it. Right. I think, yeah, I, I, I hope that the people that I talked to were not like hearing um, hi, I'm a millennial, and I was wondering if you could come on and talk about being old to me. Like, that was not... <laughs> but that's probably how it sounded. Yeah. 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 I mean, if somebody who was, like, 12 was like, can you talk to me about what it's like to be unsuccessful? Yes. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, yeah. no. <laughs> I think it is a hard conversation because uh, it's just a conversation that hasn't, at least in my experience, been had. It's just like... These are the set things. When you're this age, you do this. When you're this age, you do this. And um, I don't even think I've talked to my parents about, like, what's what's something you dream of? What's your dream, and would you, why not pursue it now? I don't think I've ever asked my parents that. They, my parents just visited this past week, actually. Oh, nice. And uh, I, I definitely did not ask them about their <laughs> dreams or what they were that, that did not occur to me I'll be honest now I feel a little bad <laughs> I feel a little bad they were they're they're constantly asking me about myself and I'm like good you should do that that's what parents do <laughs> I'm not gonna ask you the same questions though <laughs> but I think what well, parents is uh, your relationship to your parents is always kind of different than your relationship to other mm -hmm. people but I definitely there are times that I think about my mom will talk about should have done this and it's always past tense and i do sometimes and i think i've said it to her maybe once or twice but more than i say it out loud i think about saying and then don't always say uh, well well why not you know you can still try that you know yeah um she my mom wanted to be an actress and she went to college in boston to be an actor and she took uh, she was a theater major and then at the end of school all of her friends moved to New York and I guess her parents were not super cool with her moving to New York City this is like a small you know her parents are first-generation Americans like it's an Italian immigrant close-knit family kind of dynamic and no one lived outside of Massachusetts and so it was like, oh, you, you can't go to New York and, you know, go chase these dreams. And my mom has a lot of regrets about that. And I mentioned to her one time, you know, my, uh, my you know, I, New York is still there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And you got some free time. She's, you know, my mom has retired from 
her full-time job, you know, she'll still do um, uh, kind of more community-based things from time to time, but she's essentially uh, retired from what was her full-time job. And so she has time on her hands. Um, I get that, you know, she recently had uh, a hip surgery. So again, uh, ableism currently, you know, her mobility is not as, her mobility is not as, as I don't know the proper term. She's not as mobile as she was before the surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that that's also healing a little bit, and uh, for certain roles, you don't, you know, for certain auditions, you don't need to necessarily be moving around a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So, I still think, you know, that's something she could still pursue. It never just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it will never happen. Mm-hmm. Plus, that would make a great story: a woman who, like, in her twenties, wanted to move to New York and become an actress, and then she like spends her whole life in New England, and then, and then in her sixties, she does it. Come on. I so we'd read a movie about that yeah. that'd be great we were saying one night that we feel like there aren't any romance romantic films that are uh, surrounding an older like uh, age group mm-hmm. right like they make one every like 20 or 30 years yeah. and and everyone makes a big deal out of it and yeah. then and then no one does it again yeah it's like aren't older people falling in love they are or at least, like, having a good time. There's that one Blythe Danner movie that we watched recently. Um, oh, she's great. Yeah. I'll See You in My Dreams. Mm, yeah. So she's a widow, and then she starts dating a younger guy and an older guy. And then also, that gen- there's a generation of actresses who are now in their, like, 60s and 70s, Blythe Danner being one of them. There- there's a lot of really good actors and I part of it is that you know we're at the point now where television has been around for like 50 60 years so there's just been more actors in Hollywood for the last 60 years so people have aged or whatever so maybe in old Hollywood there weren't as many older actors but now you have so many great actors who are in their 50s and 60s and 70s and and I don't understand why more of them don't work all the time like mm-hmm. I get it Meryl Streep is amazing and you want her to be in everything but like there are other actresses yeah. around her age who can who can who are incredible. Mm-hmm. Or like an older superhero, why not? I think part of it is that there aren't. There's also ageism when it comes to writing a little bit mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily uh, see movies written by written by people in their seventies, and they might be more inclined to write a movie about a, a, a superhero or someone uh, of their generation falling in love or what you know the things that they would still do even at their age Mm -hmm. Mm, now i really want that (laughs) well i'll tell you what in 40 years when i'm 70 i will write a movie for you yes nice there's also the other side of ageism too Mm because is it ageist to think it only is one way um where people have the same sort of things about younger groups of people so like right now gen z versus millennial is very popular not popular Mm -hmm. but like is what's happening in the media or the twitter verse of like gen z's being like we're a middle part and millennials are like you don't understand 
I can't with my head shape. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't follow social media enough that I, like this week, I found out that skinny jeans are not a thing anymore and there's a culture war going on about skinny jeans. Yeah. I just yeah. found this out. Yeah. I just... And I just, just found this out. Girl, I told you're, you. You're saying right now, you were this many minutes old when you found out? <laughs> yes, because I have I have skinny jeans. The two what that I can wear. Apparently throw them out. That's what the Gen Z ears are saying. The millennials are sticking by it. I say you do you. Thank you. But do you see what I mean? Like it's like they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I find myself being like they they haven't experienced life. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, there's some very wise, shockingly wise people who are Gen Z age, you know. Yeah. Uh, yes, there's definitely ageism towards young people as well. The fact that, like, we, it's in the Constitution that you can't discriminate someone's ability to vote. You can't discriminate based on age or, or by, by race or gender or age as long as they're 18. <laughs> and I understand that children have a developing brain we probably don't want six-year-olds voting Mm -hmm. but there are some there are some civic-minded 16 and 17 year olds who cannot vote um, because we think they're not ready and maybe some people who are 16 and 17 aren't ready to vote but you know what there's plenty of people in their 40s who aren't ready to vote either Mm. so that's something that I remember the first time someone brought that up to me as like an issue and I, I never really gave it many thoughts because of the way we think about young people. Oh, they're just not ready to vote. Exactly. But that's not necessarily true. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to that six-year-old comment. Some of the six-year-olds I've met are the most honest and the most smart because they're so, like, eager for, to learn everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they'll be like, this doesn't feel right. And I'm like, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. And you're not completely brainwashed yet. Uh, to to know to like suppress that feeling. I would let a six year old vote. I would I would let them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bunch of write in for chips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doritos, you're the new president. <laughs> no, you're right. There's like what, what sweet spot is it in our brains? You know, of age age where it's like you are the best. Yeah, I think we. Could, I know what you mean. I th- it's hard because I think it, it, it's different ages for different people. Yeah, exactly. So there's no way to pinpoint this. This will be your prime time exactly. for this, but we're trying to like as a whole, as a society, be like, and your prime time is in your twenties. And it was like I was trash in my twenties. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, I thought of adults as like people in their thirties and forties, mm-hmm. and. Uh, now that I'm 31, I'm like, oh, you know, actually the 20s, that was, I missed my shot. Yeah. That was, and I'm done. There's nothing I can do now, which is ridiculous. But that's how I, that's how I think sometimes. That's a good point, too, that I think not enough people think about, which is um, we, pr- like, our primes are different. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people yes. think that you have to follow a guide, right? You have to graduate high school. You have to go to college. You have to get a job. You have to get married. You have to buy a house you have to do this by a certain time but like you said like when I was 18 I didn't like the same type of people that I like now Mm -hmm. like it's totally different so I can't imagine having like 
or the, even like my taste in music or my taste in um, activities. Like I wasn't doing improv or comedy or anything, you know, I wasn't chasing my dreams. And so I would hate to like lock in like, this is the path that I have to go because I've chosen it at this age. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of people peak, you know, peak in high school. And they're like, yes, most of the people I went to high school yeah. with, actually. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this. that was my prime, and now I just coast. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm living in my prime now. That's great. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. I like that. Thank you. And hopefully. I, I'm looking forward to it and praying <laughs> that it's not behind me. Do you think we could have multiple primes? Yes. Oh, wow. You just kind of blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> this, this is going to make me sound really stupid, but that never occurred to me. I truly think, because there's people who, like, uh, probably at a young age had to grow up fast. So, like, they, um, yes. they had, like, a not their full prime, or at least um, they had their prime, and then they get older, and then they realize, and they... they become the person that they're supposed to be and they're like and now's my prime and now I'm gonna live the life I want to so I think it can it can come in waves or it can be once and then people limit themselves as if they can't have another prime right well there's all those movies about people's like second act or whatever I'm pretty sure one of them is actually called second act Mm, and about you know it's never that's not it's not sister act that's a nun movie because I swear to god it's a different movie the second although sister act Sister Act, in a way, is like a second act kind of movie. She's moving into the nunnery and living her new prime, okay? Mm-hmm. Was that the so, official term, nunnery? I, I, you know, <laughs> I love we it. will discuss that on the religion episode. Correct. <laughs> right. uh, but I, I, I do think that, yeah, you probably could have multiple primes mm. and... You can you can reinvent yourself at any at any point. I love that. So maybe that's how you overcome ageism is just kind of freeing yourself of any limitations mm. and freeing other people of you placing those same limitations on them. Mm-hmm. Um, because you realize anyone can do anything they want to. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, yeah. Once again, we've solved it. <laughs> that's what this podcast is. <laughs> going i'm sure we, we solved it and then we solve it i mean <sighs> but seriously it just it boils down to being I know, I'm empathetic just and like mm-hmm. you know like understanding and respectful um it's so hard for us for some reason mm-hmm. it's so hard for us to be empathetic and i don't know why i think for so long we haven't been we haven't a lot of people haven't had to so now um they have to take on that responsibility every day of being empathetic, yeah. of being conscious of other people. And they're like, this is hard work. Instead of just like, life is hard work. Fucking strap up and do it. The world has been so segmented for so long. And now with the internet, we're kind of this global community. And you kind of have to, to find ways to be empathetic towards people that you don't necessarily always have the most obvious things in common. Mm-hmm. But we all, we're all humans, so we have that in common. Yeah. yeah. I just, I can't get over how hard empathy is for people. Like, when I was a kid, me and my grandmother, we would go to nursing homes and just, like, talk, like, volunteer and just, like, talk to people. 
and this was like with her church so they would talk to them about the good word the good word <laughs> um and they were treated so poorly mm. by the staff and that's like a common theme you know in a lot of different senior centers or nursing homes it just seems like they don't care enough about this life and they think well you're on your way out anyway why do I have to care about you it's hard especially because like um, my first job was working at a nursing home and like my mom has been working at a lot of nursing homes and a lot of hospitals and like not only are some places getting it from the staff they also get like there's a lot of people that don't visit their family at this mm-hmm. nursing homes Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that in America, I, I can't speak for other places, it just doesn't seem like we pay enough attention to the elderly. It is that thought process where it's like, and now, you know, you only have a few years left, so we'll put you here for you to That's live whatever kind of life you can live. Um, so it's just, it's sad. And, and there are some yeah. good places, but... The, 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 a lot of people are like, Grandma, you've reached the age that you're reminding me of my own mortality, so we need to put you somewhere I can't see you. Boom. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And then, like, these so these up. places probably don't pay their staff well or treat them well, mm-hmm. so that trickles down to the guests, you know. Oh, boy. We well, on that happy guess. note, we should probably move on to our final segment. <laughs> We always like to end on a high note. Uh, So this is called How's Your Journey? This last segment is where we figure out how far we are on our journey of unlearning on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, 1 being I haven't even started, 10 being I've arrived. Uh, Yasmin, as the guest, I don't want to put pressure on you to go first, so you may choose whether you want to go first, second, or third. Um, I'll go first. I feel like I'm at a 4 in my unlearning journey because I don't there's still so much I want to think about before I put into action completely because I don't want to do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're working out and you're like, I'm doing it wrong, but at least I'm working out. Mm-hmm. I don't want that for me. I want to do it the right way. So I want to be realistic about like all the things I need to learn to unlearn. Um by the way, when Felicia, when you're editing this episode and you're like, what's that terrible plastic crackling noise? Just remember, it's your fault for eating a popsicle. <laughs> it's so hot in our house. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry, I just had to get that out there. You can edit that out if you want. I would say, yeah, a similar. I'm probably somewhere in the three four range. I'll, I'll put myself as a, as a three right behind you. Um, I remember one time I was at working this event for Variety out here in LA and I was just like, uh, this is when I first moved out here, I was just like event staff. I was just like checking people in at the door. And this one woman came up to me and I have no say with this sort of stuff, but either she doesn't know that or maybe she tried talking to someone else and they didn't listen. So she started coming to me at we, this particular event i worked a couple events this particular event was about inclusion it was like an inclusion summit Mm -hmm. and they had different panels talking about uh anything you could think of basically be it race gender ethnicity um you know there was a panel about um representing uh 
people with special needs or the handicapped because the handicapped is actually the, the you don't necessarily think of it, but they're the least represented uh, community uh, in film and television. Mm-hmm. And so there was all these different panels and this woman came up to me and she's like, you know, there's no panel or discussion on, on ageism. And she told me that she had actually fairly recently lost her job. And I think she was like a script coordinator. So she's not like on camera by any means. And she had just been, her company said, you know, okay, you've been here a while. Um, and she was only in probably her fifties. Um, and, and they were like, we want someone in their twenties to replace you. And by no means does script coordinating have anything to do with age. Yeah. Um, if anything, her 30 years of experience should give her an advantage over the 20 something. Um, and, and I just remember at that point thinking like, oh, ageism in Hollywood isn't just an actor thing. Mm-hmm. It's not just people who are on screen. And I, it kind of blew my mind because I wasn't even thinking of that as a problem behind the scenes. But it is a problem behind the scenes. Um, and so I will uh, I fall on my sword and acknowledge that I am probably only at about a three. There is a lot of sexism and ageism that hold hands. Because mm-hmm. yes. there are a lot of women that are experience a lot of ageism, I feel like, maybe... Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't know the statistics, but it feels like more right. That was also part of it is that she was a woman in her fifties, and there were she had male coworkers in their fifties who were not being right. let go. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in the same boat as y'all. I feel like I'm at a four or five because there's still, I think, mostly a lot of unlearning and um, unlearning limiting beliefs I put on myself based on age, hmm. on where I should be. Um, yeah, so I would say about a four or five. That's Does it. anybody have any last thoughts? Do we we good? We're good on age, and it's okay for us to age. It's okay for people to age. And we have multiple primes. And there's multiple primes. And I. Oh my god! I'm looking is... forward to what I think would be my first. I can't imagine there was one that I missed. So I'm looking forward to my first. <laughs> I'm looking for, forward to your first and of many primes. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, man? Yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Yes, you're the guest. You know. I know you're in your own apartment, so you don't think of yourself as a guest. But yes, you were the guest on the podcast. So, Yasmin, thank you for being here. Thanks for even just getting the conversation started. Like, I know we didn't do any, like, hard research on this, right, to pull numbers and statistics mm-hmm. and this and that. And, um but just having the conversation is helpful because it's the first step into, like you said, the journey. Just somebody say something really clever that we can end on. Bill I'm kidding. Bill Nye the have. Science Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to Unlearning. Please feel free to share your stories with us or send comments and suggestions to unlearningapodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, unlearning underscore cast. Instagram, unlearning underscore podcast. We are a proud member of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. This is a reminder that you are not alone on your journey to unlearning. Unlearn.
I learned that. <laughs>